we are a part of that collection of two white men <laughs> doing podcasts. We're two queer white men. Does that differentiate us at all? Or does I'm, it? I'm, totally helps with the topic. We're talking, we're talking about, about musicals. Yeah, we're talking about musical theater. <laughs> I'm Peter. And I'm Nathan. And yes, musical theater has gospel. And dancing boys. And fancy hats. So join us for the Gospel of Musical Theatre wherever you get your podcasts. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. I watch him cross the street and the ass on this man. Mm. I mean... He I assume he he's knows. private on Instagram, but I'm very proud he to say is. that we we do follow each other. And for anyone who can't get access, there's some pictures of a workout class from. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this on on a recording, but. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams. And this week, we have a straight girlina. Broadway's Jessica Vosk is on the podcast. And yes, you know her as the Elphaba of all Elphabas. She was a part of the 15th anniversary company on Broadway and also happens to be the funniest fucking fag hag you've ever met. And I do say fag hag as a huge fucking compliment. But before we get into that, you might have seen I posted today on Instagram that that's a gay ass live show is doing Netflix is a joke festival. Yes. It's real y'all. Netflix has a live comedy festival in LA and that's a gay ass live show will be doing Hotel Cafe on May 9th. So I just posted about it today when it was announced and the ticket link is available on my Instagram and in the description because listen, it's gonna it's gonna sell out. It's not a gigantic venue. So if you're a gay Escarlina, a Fagatrini, then I suggest you get those tickies soon. Also, happy Valentine's Day. I did not forget if you love today, listen, live your truth. I love it for you. For me, I'm a little I'm a little meh on the V Day. And it's not because I'm like a cynic who hates love. It's just like Matt's birthday is two weeks prior and we just did that. I just told you. But I absolutely did use the holiday as an excuse to ask my legal spouse to do the Patreon so we could divulge intimate truths about our marriage. (laughs) Feel free to sign up for the Patreon if you are already not. It is patreon.com slash podcast. And listen, Matt and I talk about our gay lives in L.A., opening up the relish, and you get to hear from the sassy queen that is Matthew Edward Lummis. So check it out. It's only $5 a month. And for full transparency, every dollar I make from the Patreon, I reinvest back into the podcast. So if you are interested in helping the podcast grow and making sure I can continue to make it, it really is a huge help. And my next goal is trying to hit 100 subscribers. So help me make that happen. We're getting straight into this episode with Jessica Vosk. Listen for the gay-ass questions I ask about doing Wicked, her tragically hilarious dating life before meeting the actual hunk that is her boyfriend. And at the end of the episode, we get into Has Been Hotel, her animated series that's like number one in the world, and what will bring Jessica Vosk back to Broadway. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
Jessica Vosk makes her long-awaited debut on That's a Gay-Ass Podcast. Jessica Vosk, before I butter you up, can I just say thank you for being you and for being here? Oh my god, are you kidding? I have been waiting for this moment. We have had so many, like... (laughs) paths that have crossed ships through the night and now it's finally happening i couldn't feel gay ass more gay ass i couldn't feel more badass i couldn't feel more anything with ass yeah and the ass is assing jessica vosk my first official question of the pod for you today is you have sold out carnegie hall twice and you have won the title of cock champion of character actress knowledge at that's a gay ass live show jessica which meant more to you you know i do have to say there aren't many times that you get to hold a big orange dildo, you know, <laughs> and um, a big orange dick. We call that an Amazon gold and a real person orange. And um, I do think that. <laughs> I mean, so I think you've gotten your answer at that for me. <laughs> for me, there are moments that are core memories that that was one of them. That was one of them. You know, I might pissed off. I didn't. Get, I thought I would be able to keep it, bring it home, have a good time, Sally. It's OK. I understand it needs to make the rounds. And as and as the budget gets bigger, the the, the champions will keep the orange gold dildo. Um, if if you were to have kept the orange gold dildo, where in your home would it have gone? Oh, it would go into my recording studio. <laughs> it would so go into my recording dare, studio. Stare at that girthy schlong as yeah you hit reminds the, the you to just notes. keep it open. Reminds you to just keep it open. <laughs> keep the airwaves open yeah. and really just shoot for the moon. In the back. <laughs> Yeah. And we're a minute in and we got a siren. Um, Okay, so (laughs) listen, Jessica, I do have quite a lot of questions written down for you. So I just want you to buckle the brunch up because there's a lot to discuss. Um, First of all, it would be against my religion to not open with a quick wicked discussion. You, of course, were the 15th anniversary Um, Your riff in No Good Deed gave me a second asshole. So let's get into our first question before you had played the role who was your personal favorite alphaba and maybe did you have like a riff inspo or who did you sort of consider a highlight reel as an alphaba for you so here's the crazy thing about wicked i only ever saw the original cast back when the show opened so i saw adele Desim and my girl casey mm-hmm. and that was it And I wasn't one of those people, you know, like I had a weird, I went off into a completely different career. And then I came into Broadway and I made my Broadway debut when I was 30. And when the opportunity came to me of, would you be interested in doing Wicked? And subsequently, is it a dream role of yours? My whole, my thing was like, actually, I don't think it was like a more of an Eponine girl. But Mm. so then knowing all of that and getting the audition for the, for the tour first, I did go down a bit of a, a K-hole. And I discussed, you know, like, <laughs> I love my girl Eden. I love what Eden has done for the, you know, the breath support wizard and I ending. Of course, like, Adina's is the OG, but I would say Eden was more of my, like, okay, I see what you're doing there. I understand it. I see it. Of course, like, Shoshana and Eden both being, you know, riftastic monsters yeah, of, yeah. of that show. Um, and then what I did was I reached out to the women that I knew first just to get their opinions on how to sort of handle the show. This is after I booked it. So like Julia Murney, I love to call her my my Murney's Journeys. Mm. Um, I reached out to her. I reached out to Eden. Um, I think I reached out to Stephanie Block. And it really, 
is the green girl sisterhood. And so everybody has a different thing to say about it. But yeah, those were my, my, my thing that I think people are most surprised about is that I just, I only ever saw the show once. Yeah. Um, and you saw it when you were like in your, your high finance school. moment, right? You're, oh, it's well, like... I saw it when I was in high school in 2003. So that's when the show opened and I saw it in 2003. And I, I forget so how that old like, that show is. Jesus oh, she's, she's geriatric. She's a geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> and I just can't believe in 03, right? That was the year after I graduated. So I was a freshman in college is when I saw it. And, you know, then I completely went into finance. And so, between 2003 and when I auditioned for it in 2015, I had not seen it at all. Wow. So really, when mm-hmm. you did see it for the first time, you probably were like, okay, uh, Deansy doing her thing, Casey, we love her, but probably not Jessica Vosk playing Alphabet no. in her future. No, no, I was just like, wow, monkeys, they're flying. You know, you just, <laughs> you just and you listen to the, the original cast album and everybody, you know, knows the the Stephen Schwartz incredible you know soundtrack to our lives and Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what it was for me I do feel like uh, not to get too morbid but I feel like as every American knows where they were when 9-11 happened I think every gay young person knows where they were when they first heard the Wicked OBC and I myself was in a theater camp and they had shown the Tony performance first of Defying Gravity. And that, that was my first entree into the W. And then from there, it became just all day, every day, learned every lyric, did not know. I was, you know, I was fully fit 14, 15, did not know what the lyrics meant, what the show meant. I saw the show, the tour with Stephanie J. Block, with Kendra Kassebaum, who was a St. Louis native, as you know, I am as well. And Yes, I do. Um, fully did not understand most of the show because I was just like mouthing the words but not knowing what they meant so it, it did not really come to be until I was like an adult seeing the show again and it, listen I, it's not a controversial statement Wicked's a fucking great show like let's just it's a great just show great a, fucking show it's it babe if it ain't broke you know, that shit work. And you know what? Speaking of what works is uh, the riffs that Jessica Vosk did. And my, I usually ask Matt when I interview someone that he loves, such as a Jessica Vosk, if he has any questions. And usually he's like, Eric, it's your job. Come up with the questions. But he did have one for you, Jessica. So I'm going to ask you uh, from Matthew Lummis. At Matt Lummis says, Jessica, when, when do you decide what riff you are doing for a specific performance? Do you decide before the show, during the song, and do you tell the conductor about what decision riff wise you are making oh gosh well i mean in the world of the w i i usually will think about it beforehand because you don't really get much stage time to just sit and think as alphaba mm-hmm. you really let you know in act one first of all like your opener of act one is the wizard and i which is like a felony for singers i mean how can you po- that's the opener are you joking yeah um <clears throat> so I remember a perfect example was like the 15th anniversary show. And at the time I wanted to do, um, oh gosh, I think I wanted to do feeling things I ever felt and doing um, the wizard and I, I wanted to do something weird like that. And I did hear it with the conductor at the time, who's one of my favorite people in the universe, Brian Perry. And, um, but it depends. I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky time, Sally, because sometimes you know, it's very, I always say it's very like, I used to work at, at Chili's and like the Chili's I worked at in, 
Bumblefuck Jersey is the same as the Chili's in upstate New York. Like, you know, the Buffalo wings are always the same. And so you have to be like yeah. super, like super careful. And sometimes you'll get in trubbity trubs for doing a riff. Now, back in the early days, I don't really, you know, it was kind of the wild, wild west of amazing riffs, which is why people say like, are you going to do the Eden? Um, <clears throat> but mm. I do. There was one time that I did a no good deed riff and no good deed is like my favorite, usually my favorite one to sing. And I think I said, it was like, maybe that's the reason why. And and I was never allowed to do it again. But I'm really glad it happened the couple times that it did. Oh, yeah. I love that one. Um, I love that one. Well, it's almost embarrassing, but I will say it with my full gay chest that the amount of Jessica Vosk YouTube clips of you doing Wicked that I have watched, and that's and that let's let's get into my entree to you is that I literally saw you as Fruma Sarah in Fiddler on Broad. Oh. I literally, I literally saw the boots, and then uh, for years and years, I was just like a Jessica. Vo- what what are your fans called? Voskians, Voskians, yeah, Voskians. I now, but yeah. I definitely became a Voskian. And then to give the listeners the the BTS is our my dear collaborator on the live show, Michael Schwartz, worked with you billions of years ago. And he was like, should we ask Jessica to do the live show? And I was like, um, of course we should ask. Will she do it? And then Jessica. And then when you said yes, no joke, we had so many amazing people on that show. But the number one person that all the gay people I know messaged me about and the straight girlies was they could not believe Jessica Vosk was doing That's a Gay Ass Live show. And you showed up and were just so there for it. And obviously the winner, winner, chicken dinner. And, (laughs) you know, it's so amazing to meet someone that you are a fan of and to see that they are just as amazing as you would Mm -hmm. hope. And it's so cool to be able to get these BTS if we full circle to the crazy no good deed riff that I guess what, you so you got in trouble and then they were like yeah no it was more. just like oh, that's too much and I was like oh you know at least for these it was I remember it was on tour and so like any of the audio of that is probably from my tour days because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't allowed to do it on the broads but I um that was such like a that was a fun moment for me to have created something so cool you know because you're you realize when you step into the the boots of the green girl that you know so many people have done it before you and and you're you're coming in on the heels of all of these historical moments yeah. in wicked and knowing people who've created certain sounds and riffs and subplots and character lines so it was sort of like how am i going to step into this bad boy and having had that role thrust upon me in such a cool way. And it was during Fiddler when I found out. I actually saw the casting director last night who um I was Prumasaraing. And at the time I had um to, am I talking too much? No, you're perfect. Okay. I'm listening. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry gays. Um sorry gays and straight girlies. Um <clears throat> and 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 every every gay on the planet will know that I was Prumasaraing and I had given her the nickname Dead Alphaba. And I was because what would happen is she was she was dead and she was pissed and at the end of every single dream sequence and I would just and she was just scrolling and at the end you'd be like if she marries Lazo and it, and I remember being like Whoa! I mean it was just <laughs> you couldn't escape from the fact that it was it was so hilariously you know dead wicked themed and and so when the call came in about wicked I had auditioned several times for the role of Alphaba at that point, because usually they they'll pluck people from within the company who already know what it is to be in the wicked world. Yeah. And I was like, I was a fresh off the boat 
chick who had never done it before, coming in new, coming in hot. Several auditions later, I got a phone call. I was in my dressing room at the Broadway theater, putting on my makeup. And I got a phone call from the casting director. And he said, oh, I'm at the stage door with my puppy. I really want you to come down and meet him. Can you come downstairs? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I ran, you know, however many flights of stairs down to the stage door. And I came out, I had my wig cap on and everything. And he's like, this is my dog, so-and-so. But actually, I wanted to tell you that you look wicked. And I was like, <sighs> I, the, the first thing I said was, fuck you. And he's like, no, seriously. And I, and I got clearance to tell you first because they haven't told your agents yet. So I'm surprised. And I was like, holy shit. That, I mean, that's an amazing. Whenever people book Broadway and I hear the stories about uh, or book, sorry, book like yes. Broadway and their dream roles. Yes. I, you know, the, in the In the Heights, there's an In the Heights documentary or like all. And there's the guy that played Sketch and he sees his face yeah. billboard in Times Square. And I just weep every time when I think about. And I, I hope that if we may, can we make a slight addition to that story and just lie and say that the casting director's dog's name is like Nessa? Can we just make it even faster? Oh, I think we should. Um, I think we should. Yeah, so he you, he you met his French bulldog Nessa, and then whose legs back legs did not work. Yeah, exactly. Was in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. um, and then booked Elfie. That is yeah. such. And then of course he went, and then he did Dead Alphaba at Fiddler, and then weeks later she was risen. She, was, she and is risen, just, and that was my hashtag. And Vostians were born. <laughs> Well, this is such a perfect then segue into uh, the gay question of the podcast, because Jessica, we ask the queers, whose fault is it that you're gay? And we ask the straights, why are you so obsessed with us? So I want to get into Jessica's origin story. Jessica, your podcast question is, who was your first gay? You've always been close to us. So who was your first gay connection? Was it a classmate? Was it a relative, a celebrity? Tell us, Gerlina, who was your first? Okay, listen, my first was one of my very, very best friends from kindergarten. (gasps) And he... Um, he and I were like thick as thieves, as Caroline Manza would say. And I <laughs> like we were just you couldn't get get us separated. I mean, we t- I totally did the thing of like, what if I love him? Like through grade mm-hmm, school, like I think mm-hmm, maybe I love mm-hmm. him and like maybe he loves me. And mm-hmm. then we got to I will never forget this. We got to uh, a family vacation because all of our fa- we our families were close and we were sitting in my bedroom and it was in North Carolina, as I call it, North Cackalack. And we were there and he goes, I have to tell you something. And I was like, okay. And, and I knew what it was going to be, but I was like, okay, what do you, what, what is it that you have to say? And he said, I I'm gay. And I was like, I know. And so we, (laughs) it was one of those things where, um, for me, it wasn't this revelatory thing for me listening as a friend. It was more mm-hmm. a revelatory for him to be able to feel so, yeah. so probably free in in saying... How old were you? Do you remember how old you were when this happened? I think I we were probably 14. Wow. Maybe 14, maybe 15. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, I'm what a great thing for him. This is so not a big deal. And you know, subsequently, like his parents had a more difficult time with it, or, you know, Mm -hmm. his male friends had a more difficult time with it. And, you know, all those, like, uh, this is what I love about like, those fabulous straights, who are like, well, does this mean that you're attracted to me? It's like, no, babe, you were never that cute in the first place. Um, (laughs) But uh, sweetie, you're wearing a boot cut jean and a 
and a fucking Birkenstock. Stop. <laughs> Like, okay. I mean, okay, Samantha. No, I. But and by the way, I I almost could shed a tear thinking about you in this room with. Can you give us the first name of this friend? Stephen. Stephen. Of course, his name is Stephen. I just Stephen, knowing that he had you, and especially being a teenager, and to feel safe like that, there is something very magical about the friends that we knew we could be safe with while a lot of the people around us we could not be and i and i'm sure a lot of people listening right now will feel what i'm feeling which is picturing those people who those people were for us and i could literally name them um mm. i and i think that steven telling you while well, of course you knew and of course he knew that you knew like that weight off of his shoulders to know that the his friend Jessica could see him fully now from his own eyes. He didn't have to hide. It's like that safety net, especially North Carolina, especially yeah. everywhere, is um not to be discounted. And I I love that Stephen had you. I really do. Well, yeah, you know, I it's funny. I don't I I'm so actually really glad that you asked that question because I haven't really gotten to think about or talk about that memory. And it's such a, again, I keep saying core memories, but I can remember where I was sitting, what I was doing, you know, exactly what, you know, cause I, I was a theater girly from lit when I was little. So even if I was doing community theater or whatever, anybody I was around would, would, especially men were, were always gay men. I mean, my, that was my happy place was my comfort in being yeah. with just a bunch of men who, in my eyes, were so open and real and authentic. And and then you realize later in life, as a straight person, how difficult that is or how difficult that was in the 90s uh, mm -hmm. and, and beyond. I mean, so to think about probably, it makes me really happy to know that so many gay men, gay people, have been in a position where they can remember their kind of North star person being there for them. Oh, Cause yeah. I, I mean, I never, I don't take myself that seriously and being like, and I was, you know, let me tell this story because it's not my story, but I, but I got to be there for it. So that, that for me is such a huge thing. It's also, I want to make a point that I pretty, there's only been a few straight girlinas on this podcast and I choose them carefully because I, you want to talk with someone who it feels not only like they are a part of the queer community, but really empathize with the experience and, you know, to hear your perspective from that side. It's not a perspective we often get, especially on this podcast. I could tell you exactly where I was and who I was speaking with. I was at a steak and shake. I was with my friend Jordana. I told her that I was gay. I had just come out to my mom days earlier and I was weeping, weeping over my Reese's cup milkshake, weeping over my steak burger. And then we were about to go see, you want to know the fucking twist of all twists. We were about to go I see- must. We were about to go see a concert of a guy who I was in love with. Here's the twist. He was dating Jordana, the girl that I had just told. And she knew. Oh, did she knew? But it, we but all we, didn't, we know. We know. We all know. But we but Jordana and I didn't even openly I love that I'm using her full name. Uh <laughs> we didn't talk about it for a while because it was just like really, I don't know. I, I it was a dark 
a dark secret of mine that not only was I gay, but I was like uh, uh, into uh, my my straight friend who definitely was straight and ended up being a total asshole. But like, and he he said the same thing when I came out. Are you into me? And of course, I lied. Of course, every inch of me was like, sweetie, I thought about the happy trail too much. But of like, course. but I said to him, I said, no, you fucking asshole. No, of course, you're you're gross. But um, anyways, that's we all know where we were. And the and so you are in talk about a core memory, honey, that Steven. Yeah, I mean, it, it also informed me not to I mean, you know, maybe we make like a nice little like and now we've bookended. But I yeah. it informed me when when people ask all the time. Because they say, you know, your alphabet stuck out to me so much, or you did this thing and you really changed my perspective and changed the game. I was really informed so much by all of the experiences that my gay friends have had in saying, you know, here's why it's so fucking offensive to have somebody say like, well, does this mean you're into me? Or here's why Mm -hmm. it's so offensive to have somebody, you know, roll their eyes or have an assumption or automatically make, you know, a judgment. And that's what I wanted to bring to a role that I couldn't, you know, like, I can't understand what that feels like. But when once you're painted green, and once you're on stage, and you're the only one that is different, or you're the only one that is othered in some kind of way, for me, I was like, this is so, um, it's no surprise that the gay community is so into this villain story, or this story about this person who's not really a villain, because this you're on stage and yes everybody's acting their their tits off but you're i felt like shit at the end of the night because you're being ridiculed on stage and yes these are your friends outside of the show but during the show it's like fuck you know how difficult this is so i wanted to lean into at least lgbtq plus allyship through that role and what Mm. bullying means and what all of that kind of meant for for communities who are othered who who yeah. for a long time felt like and a lot of people felt like I can't say anything about it because I'm too scared or I'm too you know it's really it was it was really interesting so well that's I think and that's kind of another full circle is what what attracts me to you also is the authenticity of what you say and how there's like in not I think sometimes people are so worried about stepping on toes or 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 just or being too much or whatever and you and and that is apparent with you that you're not worried about being too much, which again is like, I, not to make a gay PhD moment, but like, you know, probably most gay people who are trying to authentically act like themselves are told to be like, eh, don't walk like that. Eh, don't, uh, don't sing that song. Of course. Boo, boo, boo. Uh, and speaking of uh, another relatable fact of Jessica Vosk is that you've dated a lot of um, bad men. In fact, what you have tweeted once was, quote, <laughs> we have all dated a man we should have fed to a tiger and other stories by Jessica Vosk. <laughs> Jessica, before we get into the delicious man that you are dating, who I did meet oh. uh, in New York City, um, can you talk to me? You're currently with a, a beautiful man that you met doing a show, doing chess at the St. Louis Muni, which I want to get into that. Yes. But before we do, what was the road of, what's that Kinky Boots song? The history of wrong guys. What's your history of, is it wrong guys? Am I misquoting? No, it is the history of wrong guys. Um, what is your history of wrong guys before we got to your gorgeous man today? Oh, honey, I uh, it's true. I think about all of the men that I should have fed to so many different tigers and or, you know, uh, whatever zoological creature uh, just really would take a bite out of crime. I I am I kind of went through 
life. My picker, my picker off. I am that girl. I was that girl. I should say was because like therapy, you know, is the savior. But I was that girl who was like, you know, the memes that you see where you're like, you know, they were a bunch of red flags. But at the time I was like, a carnival. Like <laughs> That was, that was my, my ammo. And I, and I, while these men, I mean, and I thank all of them because they have made great fodder for all of my shows. Mm. Um, but I have gone the route of like manipulative, you know, man, 15 years older, toxic, you know. Yeah. Is um, it a, is it a bad boy thing? Like what, 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 what red flags specifically were your pickers pointing you to? My red, the red flags. Yes. The red flags were like, you know, narcissistic, uh-huh. um, uh, my way or the highway. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm so superior. And, you know, if you're going to be with me, then you have to do, then you have to go to therapy because you're fucked up. And I'd be like, I am. And so you're you right. Know, I'm like, wrong. You're good. I'm bad. Yeah. Yeah, like, let's get on the, what's it called? Like, twirly whirly. Like, let's get on the teacup ride. Like, that for me, I was, I was just, I have chosen, I mean, some of the most incredibly just wrong guys. And, and I will say, fantastic in the sack, some of them. But of course they were. That's some of the, some of the of worst men are. Were. Yeah. And as Jessica now, at 40 years old, goes, okay, well, you didn't need to like, emotionally fall for these guys it would have been just great to have a little roll in the hey hey and then you know peace out but for me it would always be like and my best friends know this um and they i i love to be made fun of because i'm as self-deprecating as the next person but every single one of those awful guys i would be like i'm i'm totally in love with him and my friends would be like sure jan like i mean they would just every every single yes, time and, yes and yeah. um yes and yes and and i like the most recent breakup that i had is is really the impetus for feeding to the tigers because it's it's sort of like after these breakups happen and this happened a long time ago they keep coming back around they're like lint they're like lint in the armpit of your favorite wool coat. Mm, I mean, that's mm. that's what it well, is. They also they... let's they also got a taste of your tilt a whirl, and they wanted to take another spin. I mean, or work. <laughs> I mean, listen, there some of the without me being too specific because I'm sure someone can like look it up. But I have been with people. Uh, that's true. Yeah. I I will say someone that I I had been with was just like definitely had a lot of work to do manipulative dark dark days and could not have been more talented in the bedroom just really i mean yeah what's another carnival ride that we can compare the sex to um like i would say and like his hole was a ferris wheel and i never wanted to get off and um just davoon 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 not six flags it was one fag six okay i'll work on it but i um (laughs) but just some of the worst men have the best mouths you know oh honey ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I, I mean, I remember, um, like, I, I mean, I'm talking like, like over the pandemic Lovato, I dated a guy who was like, please stay the, stay the night at my house. I, I, I don't have any working electricity. I don't believe in it. I believe in candles sure. and waking up with the sun. And, sure, and sure. I was like, okay, um, Oregon Trail. But I, I, I did that and I brought my, my lovely dog son, Fred, who I basically have birthed. And I remember bringing him and he was like, the dog is not allowed outside of the kitchen. There is a gate outside the kitchen and you must sleep upstairs with me. And at the next day I was like, go fuck a duck. I mean, I couldn't, I have to go. Not when it comes to my dog. I gotta, so those are the story. I mean, and, and it, you know, it, it rolls deep. So I remember after this final, breakup where it couldn't have been more of a a situation of like very history of wrong guys Mm -hmm. worst guy for me what was I thinking pandemic goggles you know in the world of like like do you do you vote and he's like no it's not worth it yeah or like you know like I was like I mean not that not that I have to not that I'm going to get political but I I Right in the beginning of the pandemic, the only way I could work was ha- getting vaccinated. Yeah. And, oh, and, was and, he anti? And he faked he faked a vaccination card. No. And I remember being not like, the, not the fake card. No, honey, like, and and then you know, like, you know me, I'm like, I wanted to get off the ride, but I was like, well, you must have your ticket, and so I, you know, um, was like, you must get vaccinated, and so he subsequently did. But when we broke up, I remember being like. What the fuck? What 
what, we always look back and like, what was I thinking at this yeah, the time? The hindsight of it all. It's, it's, but I think it's, it can be applied to so, like dating. It can be applied to like, uh, if you have a friend breakup, if you have a shitty job, like, why did I, like, it's, it's so hard while you're in the middle of it. And I think that the most important thing is that you did have the, the 2020 hindsight and you said, okay, maybe that was a rock bottom. Maybe we change our, change our path. And that to me is the most frustrating thing in a, in a person is if you have the repetition of that and of course you're going to have it up many times until you learn but if you're like 10 years in and you it's not a single thing has changed then that's intervention level in my opinion then it's like let, that, i could not agree more let's get a prayer circle let's yeah um so then can you give us the the behind the scenes of just to tell the dolls like you're doing chess at the St. Louis Muni. If anybody listening doesn't know, it's the nation's largest outdoor theater. She's 11,000 seats. Your dear friend Eric Williams did shows there as a teenager uh, growing up in St. Louis. And then you're doing this random ABBA musical, yes? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, babe. Like, for I mean, first of all, I will be... It will be bad if I don't do this. My boyfriend says hi specifically to you. He's like, tell him I say hi. hi. This um, St. Louis gorgeous man. That's what he said. He's like, my fellow St. Louis. Um, and so let me set the scene for y'all. I mean, truly, here's the deal. Everybody, Broadway kids, we all want to work at the Muni because it's fast and furious. And the productions they put up these days are, are just in two thumbs way up. Incredible. So you get in, you get out, you get on with your life. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I go there to do chess. The score of chess is amazing, but it's also about chess. So you kind of like realize what you're doing. And, and so it's, a, it's just fucking fabulous. And you, I got there, I learned the show. I had been, you know, single for a, enough time and I hadn't gotten any. And I remember sitting on the platform because um, you were rehearsing outdoors. And so mm-hmm. your brain is also somewhat boiling at the time because it's so hot in St. Louis in the summer. And I'm sitting there sweating for my life. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. I have not been on an app. Let me download Hinge and let me put the zip code of where I am into my Hinge and see what happens. And so I did it and I was like, let me see. Hopefully it's not a lot of guys holding a fish, um, which we know these days is is the real deal. And so I'm on my phone and I'm swiping and this guy comes up and I'm like, huh, what a cutie. He seems super cute. So I look to my co-star, John Riddle, who's, you know. Um, Fucking hot. Absolutely. So, I mean, I what I, what I want to say is like, I wish he was straight. Oh my God. And I wish that I could marry him. No, I get um, it. I he's get so it. hot. Like we got to kiss during the show, and I was like, "Do you want to like do more? Like, should we? Like, is there a tongue exchange? Like, yeah, should yeah, we?" Yeah. Do... So anyway, no, he didn't want to do that. Um, I so I respect that, but I said to him, John, "Do you think this guy's cute? Should I go out with him?" And John was like, hey. and I said, "Okay, well, all right, fine." So this lovely guy, his name is Dave. He wrote me this message after we had matched, and it was a beautifully curated lovely midwestern man message about you know i would love to meet you i'd love to take you to dinner you seem so lovely and i um i wrote back like i'm an actor uh i you know he's obviously a muggle i said i'm just here for another week and a half you know hint hint yeah i'll go to dinner with you and let's have some fun Mm. and um so 
we met for dinner. I was sitting in my car. I'll never forget this. I'm sitting in my car and he, I watch him cross the street and the ass on this man. Mm. The ass on this man. I mean, he knows. I assume he he's knows. private on Instagram, but I'm very proud he to is. say that we, we do follow each other. And for, for anyone who can't get access, there's some pictures of a workout class from... <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this on, on a recording, but he, you're Love this, it. this man is so fucking hot, Jessica. He, um, when I met, when I met him backstage, he has got these piercing eyes. He proudly wears a gorgeous diamond earring. He, he is exactly, not to scare you, but he's exactly my type. He's like, like bald. He's bearded. Yes. Yeah. Bald, bearded, like, like like beautiful just athletic i mean this man is you uh, anyway so you're sitting in your car you see the ass of the man I'm you sitting, have i'm like and um, she's an ass girly so i was like oh my god okay all right this is gonna be a fabulous lusty fabulous nice. fabulous and and i'm playing it cool and i i almost didn't go on the date i texted john riddle and i was like i'm not gonna go and he was like you get your fucking ass out the door and on the date i was like mm. so i did we went to dinner and dave sits across the table from me and he's like you have such beautiful eyes and i was like oh. <laughs> God. and so and so we're talking and i'm you know i find you know i'm asking all the questions of you know a person who's like are you you know like who's had enough red flags to be like, okay, well, I want to ask you all these questions. Like, you know, how do you feel about like, um, the, the man who I don't say his name because he's ruined our country. Sure, and sure. It, he, everything checked out with him. I'm a women's rights guy. I'm a, I'm a gay advocate. Like you have uh, to check all the boxes, even if I'm going to make out with you. Like, I'm going to ask you these questions at the top of the convo. And if, and if you answer, you know, the way that works for me, amazing. And if you don't like, thank you next. Yeah. And so it was a fantastic conversation, surprised the shit out of me. And I, I did it before a show so that if the date sucked, I could be like, I have to go to the stage door and I have to put my makeup on because I have a really big show tonight. <laughs> and so, but it was really good. And he's like, I would love to see you again. And I said, that's so great. Again, I leave in a week. <laughs> so let's um, plan something fun and get it in. And so... I go to the show. I text him. I was like, thank you again for dinner. It was really lovely. And he said, you know, I've lived in St. Louis my entire life. I've never been to the Muni. Would you mind if I came to see your show? And I said, all right, well, that seems fine. Let me know which performance you want to come to and I'll get you a ticket. He's like, actually, I'm here right now. So I sort of like my undercarriage was like, and I said, please do not get a ticket close to the stage. Any, please, I don't want to see your face. And he came to the show. He waited at the stage door, saw the whole fandom thing happen at the stage door, was was down with it. And I did the thing where I was like, will you drive me back to my hotel room? Because yes, you did. I'm, yes, you did. Like, she's no dummy, all right? I get into his big truck, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing the thing where I'm in the passenger seat, but I'm leaned over the console in the middle so far over to the driver's side that I my my tongue could be in his mouth as he's driving. And Your ass is fully happening. off of the seat. You're just I'm five three. I'm out like I'm <laughs> out of the seat. He takes drives me to the hotel, opens my door, gives me a hug and a fucking kiss on the cheek, and I was like And I texted him, perhaps he drove off and I was like, you know, you could have made out with me. Yeah, Dave. Um, 
yeah, Dave. And so you could have made out with me. And he was like, I'm, you know, uh, uh, I just wanted to be respectful. I'm like, I, for, I forget. He's like this Midwestern guy. And I'm just this chick from New Jersey who's like. This Jersey slut. Get it, get it, get it. Yeah. Yes, the Jersey hoe. And so, listen, the next week, the show closed. The next day we went out, we had. I'm everyone who's listening to this right now will understand exactly what I'm about to say. We had it was storming. Mm. We get in the back seat of the truck, big back seat of the truck. It we had the best makeout session. I'm uh. talking like you're 17 again in the middle of the woods listening to guess what I put on? I put on like the fucking goo goo dolls, y'all. Mm. I, I was like 90s rock playlist. And it was like, it was the be- the thunder. There was lightning. It was kind of, and we've been dating ever since. And it's been seven months. What a beautiful, what a beautiful picture. And I just, it's the modern Titanic. Instead of a car on a sinking ship, you are in a truck in a storm-ridden Missouri town. (laughs) And both might be called a sinking ship. I'm kidding. I love St. Louis. Um, But (laughs) I, I love, I love this story. And again, it gives inspo to the people who dated the red flags, who sort of were able to learn the less of what we deserve and what you deserved was to get a tongue rammed down your throat in a Ford F-150 by a man who who is on the right side of history and who also saw chess at the Muni. I think that's the most important thing is that he was one of the few who saw the chess at the Muni. He was he was one of the few certainly straights that came to see chess at the Muni and by the by the by I should also say that he was at Gay Ass Podcast a lot. He was yes. at the live show for everybody. And he had the best, I, I've, he had the best time of his entire life at this, oh. at this, it was just like, no, I felt like I was, I was watching friends. him, watching you do the lip sync, watching you win. I mean, again, you told, I think he had told me that he had like barely been to New York when he had dated mm-hmm. you, he had not seen a show at the Muni. And now he's like at Chelsea Music Hall watching you do a, a gay ass live show. And it's I'm, like he came backstage in the lion's den with everybody yeah. back there, held his own, just sat there. I mean, like, yeah. he's, he's one of those people who, loves what it is that we do and truly appreciates our business. I mean, again, he's not in our business whatsoever, but the amount that he wants to learn about it is so Mm. refreshing. And I, to anybody out there who's dealing with the red flag, fucking, you know, you are truly on the tilt of fucking hurl of madness. I had a therapist after my last breakup who said, write a list of everything that you're looking for in a, in a person. And at the time I thought it was absolute bullshit, but I was like, okay, fine. And I wrote it, I said it and forget it. And I didn't even think about it because I wasn't looking to meet somebody. And after I met Dave, I was doing a gig and my, I had opened my computer and the list popped up and he's every single one of those things. So I, I think manifestation is, is oh. it, is real kid. I yeah no I I feel I think I've always been this way but especially now that I live in California I've leaned into the the hippy dippy manifestation universe shit and partly it's just knowing real. it's it's real cuz it's also just like you know now what you deserve and what you don't deserve and like it's it's what you're attracting and no I I'm fully on board and if I may say a gorgeous man like Dave deserves a gorgeous woman like Jessica 
But if I may segue, the gorgeous listeners deserve Jessica Vosk's answer to the next gay-ass podcast question, which is, if the world was ending, you could only save one character actress, who would you save? Oh, honey. Catherine O'Hara. Mmm, Catherine. You know what? I know that you two are very different, but I know that at one point in the world, there's going to be a musical adaptation or a new movie musical of a Catherine O'Hara role that I think you could take. Oh, uh, it would be an, a honor. Um, since being a kid and being introduced to all the Christopher Guest films, oh. first off, and just come on. I mean, is there? It, could there be a better... I mean, as as somebody who loves character work, I'm a comedy girly all day long. But those films, I just remember watching them and being like, I am, I am obsessica with this. Yes. Who is this woman? Who is this woman? And she, you know what she does that I appreciate and that I relate to is that she goes all in. She, she goes strong and wrong. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. She makes the choice. It could be the wrong one, but guess what? She makes the choice and it is so refreshing did you, so, were you like a, um, was Waiting for Guffman a big one for you out of the Christopher Guest yes. ones? That, that to me was like, I, I, I've, I've talked about it before, but I will say her full government name. Lauren Medeer was a high school friend who showed me Waiting for Guffman and it was such a pivotal moment for, sure, a gay moment, but also just like. Yeah, tell me why. Tell me, tell me why this. Well, I think it's not only does the movie take place in Blaine, Missouri. So I was like, oh, wow, they're making fun of us. But in a way that like I kind of like I get and I love and I know. But also, I think that it made fun of the stakes of theater. And I knew I literally watched it like in my theater's classroom because Lauren was like, let's get a group together and watch it. And I just remember being like, this is all so absurd, but it's also so important to us. And it is it's the only community at the time that I had felt like safe fist in and I think waiting for Guffman like let's talk about Catherine O'Hara she and Fred Willard like how seriously they take their community theater roles how she is always getting noted by her husband about her performances how Parker Posey is like you know hoping to go to Broadway but of course they can always have me at the DQ I just think the stakes of it really registered with me because I felt the stakes of I don't know I felt the stakes of theater was my everything just like I'm sure it was for you Sure. And I mean, like, and again, we all know, actually know these people, these people exist, these people who, you know, that's what kind of makes it even more incredible is that, you know, that, yes, this is such a heightened version of Joe Schmo and his wife, but it's, it's totally a real thing. I mean, we've all done community theater where you've seen the adults that are way too high stakes. I mean, they're, (laughs) they're fucking high stakes, which is amazing to watch because then you see it on, on film and you're like, this is absolutely the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, but it is so real and correct. It it's is hysterical. It's also, um, I think, like the quirky St. Clair of it all. I was I thought he was so funny. And I'm sure I know that I would watch the movie the two movies that were probably like most triggering, but I would watch a lot was Waiting for Guffman and there's the movie Camp. And I'm oh. watching like I'm watching Robin de Jesus get bullied for like wearing drag to prom. I'm like, why am I feeling emotional? I don't wear drag, but if, and I'm not gay quote-unquote even though i knew i was i i think like i was pretending to be straight but inside this brain i knew what was up and i knew that quirky saint Clair was a camp king and that when he's in front of like all of the 
town, like the board of directors and saying he needs $100,000 for his show, whatever he needs. And he says, well, I hate you and I hate your ass face. I'm going to go buy my pillow. It's just all of it was so... I I, I think in a way I knew that I, I would become Corky St. Clair only if I didn't address certain things. He, was like, he, he shops for all of his wife Bonnie's clothes. I think I was kind of like... I was realizing how funny it was, but also like it was a cautionary tale. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, these are things that... I, I Adam Cantor and I, when we did Fiddler together, we had, you know, back when Snapchat was a, was a thing that had all those filters on it. Yeah. We made a couple of characters named like Randy and Sandy. And mm. and that was, those were our characters. And she was like, I love my wife. And she was like, and I love my husband. I mean, and, and she was the, you know, like, and it was that cautionary tale yes, of like, yes, yes. you know, even Adam saying like, this is the cautionary tale of like, oh my God, I'm trapped and I am yeah. a gay man, but, but married to a woman yes. and I am responsible for, you know, her fashion and livelihood and choices and never let me ever get to this point yes yes totally correct and i think the answer of Catherine o'hara is inspired because she does go full tilt and she and she is she is that that we should save her um before since we have to finish soon i'm going to go through make sure i hit a few questions that um, is very important uh question one is if we go for a quick one more reference to Wicked. You famously posted on the internet, you had dinner with Ariana in London. I don't know if she was filming the Wicked movie. I don't know what. But first question is, what is your relation to the Wicked movie? And do you have any hot takes about what to expect or how you feel? Oh, you know, I, I actually have no other than being uh, close with Ari. And yes, I did visit her in London while she was on set filming. Um, and it's going to be pretty pretty beautiful, incredible, and amazing. Um, I've gotten to see some things behind the scenes and it's, it's magic. It's, it's really magic. Um, I'll be a surprise probably in, you know, watching it after in post, all of that kind of stuff once it comes out, but they have worked their asses off. I know that Ari, she had called me before she booked it and, or, or before the news came out and she was like, I have to tell you something. And I was like, I tried to think of everything that it could possibly be <laughs> um, before before she actually said Glinda. But um, but I felt so honored that she called. We had become close during the 15th anniversary. And we had, you know, she did this NBC special that we sang on. And mm-hmm. we really connected. And for all intents and purposes, outside of being, you know, one of the biggest pop stars in the world, she's she's a really beautiful human being. And she gets it. And she was a theater kid all of her life and growing up so it's a for her it's a very big thing and she wanted to do right by Mm. this particular piece and she was always such a fan is a fan of this piece and that was really important to her so i i have a lot of respect outside of our friendship for somebody who takes something like that so seriously and i just think it's gonna there are a lot of very cool cameo things that you should be very excited to see um and the fandom is going to go nuts. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to take a gaggle yeah. to the theater, to the movie theater. Um, Here's a good one. If we're uh, still on the, the Broadway train, you recently retweeted an interesting 
interview with Patti LuPone asking for thoughts where Patti said, I don't support how Broadway has changed. They sh- she says that we are pandering to audiences. We're making stupid audiences because we're not challenging them. And she does, Patti says she doesn't know what's going on. She th- thinks the problem is with marketing and inexperienced producers. What do you think about this? And with this in mind, what type of show would bring you back to Broadway? You know, it's a really good question. I, I you know, Patti, I love Patty. She and I met because when I left finance, one of the first first shows that I kind of was thrown into off the deep end was Company at the New York Philharmonic with Neil Patrick Harris and Patty and Stephen Colbert and this whole incredible roster of, of people. And there I was just like, la, 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 la. And, and uh, so Patty and I met back then. And then Subsequently, we've she came to see my Judy Garland show at Carnegie Hall. Oh. She's like for me, she's a North Star. I think she's amazing, and she loves to. Uh, she's opinionated as fuck, and um, you know, I think life is so different after COVID. I mean, audience, it, it's just a whole different world, and so I do understand what Patty is saying, but she's also, you know, she's she came up in a time when it was like stars were made. Yeah on Broadway. She's from that Streisandy era as well, where it was like, who's this chick doing funny girl? And it catapulted her. These, these things just don't happen anymore. And now it's like to sell tickets, like let's get a name in there yeah. because that's, what's going to help us make money. It's a hard, it's a really hard thing. And I'm my little theater heart is like pumping for the West End for some reason. I want to get my ass over there so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of shows in the works that I think I would end up doing on the West End that could end up coming to Broadway. Mm. Um, I'm in such a, I love creating right now. I'm getting to create some roles from the ground up with two or three shows right now. And that's really cool. That's a very cool thing. I've not gotten to to do that before you know i finished wicked right before the pandemic hit so i was at the middle to end of 2019 and then 2020 happened and it was like what so um it was a really crazy it was a crazy time and i had i had been doing a show called becoming nancy at the top of 2020 and we were in our broadway pre-broadway workshop uh, when the news hit that Broadway had to shut down and our Broadway producers went into the hallway and had a phone call. And I remember hearing, um, okay, well, we've decided to shut Broadway down. There's this thing going around. Uh, we have to do social distancing. So, so we're not going to have this presentation, but we're going to film it. So, but we have to stay a certain amount of feet away from each other and Broadway, we're going to just shut it down for two weeks. And so we were all like, okay, well, I guess we'll see each other in two weeks. And you know, here we are four years later and all of the shows that were in the works then are now starting to finally happen four years later which is a it's crazy so i don't know i mean it's kind of like a an awakening happening right now and i think everything will come to a a head and and figuring out how to make it work well, it also um, sounds like there's so many seeds that have been planted for you and it's like going to be an exciting road to see what Jessica Voss does do next what the what out of all the developmental things go and I just know that we are in yeah, and, and like continuing. keep your I, I also I like ju- I just did an animated series that has like has been a hotel right baby I, I, mazel babe, tov. 
I mean, listen, I'll t- I, we recorded it. I'm not going to lie to you. I recorded that shit in 2021. So I don't, re- it was the day after my Carnegie Hall debut. Wow. I debuted at Carnegie Hall. I remember being like, you know, singing on stage with my, with my adorable Chenoweth and my friend Scott from Pentatonics. And I finished my show. I sang a Judy Garland song with no mic. I felt so fucking cool by the end of that. I went to the hotel to go night night and I had to wake up the next morning to record this animated series. And I remember being like, um, <laughs> guys, and they were like, no, that's the voice. That's the voice. And I had no idea what it was, where it was going. You could not have, I was like, yeah, sure. This is just a fun one-off. Yeah. It is the number one animated series in the world on Amazon or on prime. Now a 24 bought it. It's this huge thing we're about to record season two um my character got to be the cliffhanger of season yeah, one it's like she did. it's so badass i mean like it's it's so badass so so as you just said to your point of like letting things unfold one of the things i've learned as a as a crazy actor entertainer you know concert lady mm-hmm. comedy girl is just things are going to unfold how how they are supposed to the trying to have control over them which i am Give me all the control. I want it. I yes. would love to fix everything for myself yes. and make everything happen. Let go, you know? Well, I, I, I want to say that what's inspiring to me is that not only do you let the things happen organically, but also you just stay present and you know what is best for you, what you deserve, and then everything will come. And this is not your last appearance on That's a Gay Ass Podcast is all I'm going to say because you are such a joy. And all these answers have been so gorgeous. Such a treat to have you on. And before we say goodbye, Jessica, where can the dolls follow you and what should we look out for? Kids, just at Jessica Vosk. I like to keep it simple. You can follow me on the gram um mostly you know i've been I, i've been told i do need a, a tiktok but i just i don't know there there's so many people post so many videos of me on the tickety talk that i just allow that to be my presence yeah. um but follow me on the gram um i have you know all of my links in my bio of cool appearances coming up i've got um shows that i'm in development with that are happening across the country and i have big big city dates coming up i'm doing two albums this year so that's what you should really look out for one of whom is gonna have one of which is going to have so many gays on it it's 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 a dream of mine that i've wanted for such a long time and so i um i i'm most excited for that particular album and uh and then just keep your eyes peeled for some show announcements that could be coming up this year and and making your your girl you know bit busy and crazy and still keeping me a dreamer and still not knowing what the fuck i'm doing hell fucking yeah yeah. well we're gonna obviously link the socials in the description follow jessica thank you all for listening and jessica thank you for being here truly a goddamn star I, i adore you thank you ditto Thank you for listening to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to post about it and tag Jessica Vosk and me at Eric Wills. 
and follow along on the podcast Instagram at Gay Ass Podcast. I hope to see you over at the Patreon. If you want to help us hit 100 subscribers, you only have to pay five bucks a month and you get this week's Valentine's Day episode with me and my husband, Matt Lummis. I will see you next week for a big crush of mine, amazing guest, and I can't wait. I love y'all. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.